You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, it's Friday. We're in the Farm Bureau studios, and it is time for our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. I'm Charlie Winfield. He's Bart Gregory. We are getting you ready for Mississippi State and the mighty bucks of East Tennessee State. Bart, some people would overlook a game like this. Not us. No, sir. We're not going to overlook a trap game to a team like East Tennessee State University because I saw what they did to Mars Hill in the opener. Us, you know, they played Citadel right there. This is a team, look. It's the best 3-7 and seven team in the FCS, Charlie. Look, they um, can't sleep on a team that played Western Carolina to three points. No, in all seriousness, we wouldn't be us if we took this lightly, would we? No. We've got a game to play tomorrow. They're college football players. They're going to strap on a helmet. We're asking our coaches and our players to take this game seriously. So we need to take this game seriously as well. So And it's senior day. It's and senior that matters day. to me. Final home game of the season. 11 a.m. kickoff. All right. Yes, sir. Go. Let's get up. we got to get up early in the morning. Charlie, you and I are going to be in the booth in the morning for the pregame show. And you know what? I'm good with that. I'm good with that, too. I was a little bit cold. I've been wet. I've never once been comfortable outdoors this year. No. So here's what we're going to see. We're going to see an East Tennessee State team that is and 3-7 on the year. Coach George Quarles coming to town with a couple of huzzies right there with him. What? Huzzy. You know, like Will and Elijah. Huzzy. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, one's on the offensive side, one's on the defensive yeah, side. A couple of huzzies in the car with him. Yeah. The, the thing about East Tennessee State, in all seriousness, this was a team last year that won six games – that was they they won by less than ten points, ten points or less last year. This is a team this year that has lost four games by ten points or less. Last year's team went to the quarterfinals of the FCS playoffs. They got beat by the eventual national champions last year in North Dakota State. Of course, Randy Sanders was their head coach last year. They won twenty three to three at Vanderbilt last year. They had a good start to their season. But, Charlie, this was a team that was a really good team. And the thing about last year's team and this year's team, it's very similar. They've got a lot of those guys back from last year's team. Rydell, the quarterback. We're going to talk about Jacob Sailors, the running back. A lot of those guys are back. And they're averaging right at the same amount of points offensively as they did last year when they set a school record. The, def- the defense has been the difference this year. They gave up 23 points last year. They're giving up 28 points this year. And that five-point swing in the defense has cost them some games this year. Well, of course, the new coach, George Quarles, he had been at Furman. He was a paladin. And, you know, I, I'll just be honest with you, Furman is just kind of poisoned is me for me. If, uh, if you coached at Furman, I've just got my doubts. Is that unfair? It is unfair. To cast aspersions on an entire program like that. What's wrong with the paladins, man? Are well, you a Wofford guy? Is that what it is? A big terrier guy. Yeah. Big Terrier guy. Love love some Wofford. Spartanburg, South Carolina, by the way. Yeah. Both of those campuses, though, 
Furman and Wofford, very pretty campuses, underrated campuses. Well, I'd say the East Tennessee and Johnson City is an underrated part of the country as well. You get that far, you, you kind of think, well, you just go ahead and be in North Carolina. Johnson City, by the way, we think of this, this is in Tennessee school, but it's a long ways from here. It's 500 miles from Starkville. It is actually 60 miles north and slightly to the east of Asheville, North Carolina. So this is the part of East Tennessee that actually sticks out over North Carolina. It's a long ways to Johnson City. Yeah, the thing about that area, you're very close to Kentucky. You're very close to North Carolina. And, of course, you're in the state of Tennessee. We played one time when I, I was broadcasting for Lincoln Memorial. We played in Harrogate, Tennessee which is just south of Cumberland Gap, and so it was in that same area. But, you know, Johnson City, pre-Civil War, was one of the big hubs for the railroads, and that's the reason that Johnson City built up in that area is because three different major lines ran through Johnson City. You had some going east to west, and you had some going north to south. All right, so we'll visit a little bit more about Johnson City and East Tennessee State generally and historically later in our one more thing but might as well go ahead Bart and let's jump in our three numbers on this game well Charlie last week I was very very poor in selecting my numbers and I was um I was got th- some negative feedback too I did get some negative feedback not much we never get negative feedback and I'm not going to lash out at people that are negative toward me but Walking bully did not like the direction. I went I went low to high. He wanted high to low. No, 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 no. You went high to low. Did I? Is that what he wanted? Okay. I think he's team low to high. Okay, I can't remember. Anyway, so it goes back to I played with Coach Cheryl one time in an alumni golf tournament, and we got all together, and he says, let me tell you this, the only rule in alumni golf tournaments is there are no rules, and so that's the one rule. And so today, the only number is there are no numbers. I'm going straight zeros today, Charlie. You good with that? Well, I'm going to join you in that endeavor. That's good. A little solidarity here. Yeah, let's go. All right, the first one, I want to see zero touchdowns for East Tennessee State over 30 yards. I don't think this is a team that's going to sustain anything offensively or a whole lot offensively, even though they're a pretty good offensive football team. But you're going to talk about Will Huzzy in just a minute. He's a guy that kind of goes up and gets it. They they throw it to him and, and try to let him go get it. And I think that the only way that they score much tomorrow is if they throw something 30 yards or more, and that's how we're going to kind of keep them down. So you can't give up the big play to East Tennessee State tomorrow. So zero touchdowns over 30 yards. That's my first number. All right. I'm good with that. All right. The second number is, is we did a pretty good job last week of – you know, keeping the pressure off of Will Rogers. Well, keeping him from getting sacked. We allowed some pressures. I want to see zero sacks in the first half against Will Rogers. I think that's going to be a big key tomorrow. Give Will Rogers time to throw the football. All right. I'm on board there. All right. And my third number is this is East Tennessee State. And this is not a knock. This is not a knock at an FCS opponent. We've got to get ourselves fixed. We talk about us, about it's all about us. We can have zero three and outs in the first half in this game. This is a game we need to get going offensively, get the mojo back as we get ready for the battle for the golden egg. So those are my three numbers. Zero touchdowns over 30 yards, zero sacks of Will Rogers in the first half, and zero three and outs in the first half of play. Those are my numbers. All right. So 
Not a bad set of numbers. Probably a good time to remind you. You know who's not a bunch of zeros? Tracks Plus. Our friends at Tracks Plus are not a bunch of zeros. So if you're in the business of moving dirt, cutting trees, cutting's not a fair way to describe it. They disintegrate trees. Yeah. Mulch, the, those mulching heads, they just plow through a forestry site. And, man, there's there's just cool stuff, man. The Saney excavators and mini excavators and now the Massey Ferguson tractors and the implements that all the locations other than Startwell. But, man, Trax Plus it continues to grow. Big company and our good friends at Trax Plus bringing you our Friday Trax Plus deep dig. All right, so let's take a look at my numbers. Solidarity rules here. My first number is zero. Zero is the number of targeting penalties that we can afford <laughs> in the second half of play. We want all hands on deck Thursday night. Yes, and so the worst thing other than a fluke loss tomorrow, other than an injury, is somebody lowering their head and getting a targeting penalty, an ejection in the second half, and having to sit out the first half of play in Oxford. Is that something that you go to the referees before the second half and say, all right, let me tell you this. It's like, you know, when you tell an official, hey, if this guy, you know, when the when the knee hits, I'm going to call timeout. It's like in basketball. You know, when we get the ball, we're going to call timeout. So as soon as we gather, we're going to call timeout. So it's just one of those things you walk out and say, listen, guys, we're not going to target. We're not trying to target at all in the second half. So listen, don't call it because we're not trying to do this at all. If it happens, it's just a fluke. Yeah, I beg, borrow, steal, do whatever you got to do, no targeting penalties. My second number is also zero. That is the number of snaps by a starter in the fourth quarter. I don't want starters playing in the fourth quarter. Number one, it means that we're up big. Number two, it cuts in half their available opportunities to commit targeting penalties or to be injured or other nefarious things. And number three, we got a lot of guys who need a little bit more time, and I want to see them a little bit more. We're to the point of the year right now, it doesn't matter if Will Rogers throws for 200 yards or 600 yards tomorrow. People are going to like him or not like him no matter what. It's not going to affect anything at the end of the year. It doesn't matter if Woody Marks goes over 100. Tomorrow, numbers are meaningless. Stats don't matter. Get out. Yes. Get I'm in, get I'm, out, do what you got to do. Got to win Thursday night tomorrow. Starting yes. tomorrow. And lastly, to aid in the achievement of my first two numbers, zero punts in the first half of play by Mississippi State. You said earlier we've got to get right. We've got to get our offense right. And I get it. It's East Tennessee State. But, again, they're college football players. They're showing up to play. They did, by the way, show up here to play in 1998, only time we've ever met. Yes, you know who the quarterback was that day for us? Wayne Matkin. And Matt Wyatt. Wayne Mackin had 18 passing attempts that day. But Matt played in that game, didn't he? Well, I assume. Cause yeah, he did. I know he did. I remember Matt playing in that game. I think he played early in that game. Because Matkin was 13 of 18, threw three touchdowns in that ball game. And James Johnson, JJ. 21 carries for one to Still one of my favorite MSU football players of all time, by the way. And that was the year, the next week when we went to LSU and lost. I think it was the next week we went to LSU. And then the next week we – we lost against Kentucky, or was Kentucky earlier that year? One or the other. Anyway, we lost that year to Kentucky, and we lost that year to LSU. We lost four games. No, we lost early in the year at Oklahoma, at Oklahoma State. State. Yeah, so that was right. So it was Kentucky and LSU back-to-back right after we beat East Tennessee State in 1998. And the most forgettable game of all time ended that year 
in the Cotton Bowl. Huh. Ricky Williams, man. Yeah, that wasn't fun. Yeah. That wasn't fun. So, in any event, zero number of punts we can have in the first half, keep our offense on the field, get our points, get done, go home. So, that's a look at our numbers. Bart, it's now time as we move right along here on this deep dig. We've got our two brothers, two guys that can smoke you, and I have a feeling that the Huzzies are going to come back up here. <laughs> By the way, two brothers, it is a Friday. It is a tradition for Bart and me to get down to two brothers. One thing about two brothers, man, on a game weekend, they pack them in. They oh, yeah. some entertainment out there. We get to walk right by there every game going in and out of the stadium. But I tell you, it's a great place to go then. It's also a great place to go on Sunday when you stay over, man. Yeah. It's a, it's almost – it's like three places in one, to be honest with you. Like today at lunch, you go in there and it, it's awesome. You sit there and get some smoke wings that's laid back. You go back later tonight, it's a good lunch, a good dinner spot as well. And then afterwards, you know, it turns into a good bar hopping spot for the college-age kids. I wonder what percentage of their cheese fry sales – Take place after 9 p.m. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, cheese fries is just one of those kind of late night. Yeah, something, yeah. And you, they do have cheese fries with barbecue with pork on there. They're uh, they're solid. Yeah, they are. But I'm just, I'm the smoke wings. Anything, the uh, the tacos are fantastic. But, yeah, everything you get there, two brothers, is just so good. And that's just a great place to go on Startwell. Just good food. All right, my first guy to make a smoke confession, you. by the way. Go ahead. I don't eat wings. What? I only eat boneless chicken. Boneless chicken. Do you do you count boneless chicken as a chicken wing? No, I don't. No, no. So I don't. It's boneless a wings are not wings. No, they're not. In fact, I will though because of my hangup. I will not eat boneless wings. If okay. Called a chicken nugget. I'll eat it. But so what I like about it, though is all of my friends love the wings, but I'm a big taco and burger guy there. Well, I'm a. And wing- it's not against their wings. I just won't. You don't eat wings. Period. I don't eat. I don't like bones in my food. Well, you you've watched me eat wings several times, and it's not it's wings. Wing I will eating. say this: you can do to a wing what a tracks plus mulcher <laughs> can do to a tree. <laughs> in I a mean, hurry, don't get your hands nearby. No, no, and it's no way to to eat wings. I like spaghetti. You know, there's no way to eat it in a nice way. There's no way to eat it, and you're 100 percent guaranteed you're not going to get a speck on your shirt. No way. If a speck was all you were hunting for, you'd be just fine. I think you – all right, in any event, you're two players. All right, my first guy is Jacob Sailors. He's the running back, and we talked about Jacob Sailors a minute ago. And uh, he has 420 yards rushing in the last two games. And here's a guy that's been there for a long time. He's got 5,999 all-purpose yards in his career. He's got one more yard. He'll get that, you would think. Unless he has a trouble getting off the bus, he's got fifty nine ninety nine all purpose yards in his career, thirty eight hundred career rushing yards. He is the second active leader in the FCS right now in rushing with thirty eight oh eight. He's had thirty eight runs this season of over ten yards, and fourteen of the thirty eight have come in the last two weeks. So he's kind of hitting his stride here. This is his final game. This is their final game of the season. He's coming on the road, so it's a swan song. This is his bowl game. This is the one when they write the book of his football career, this is the one he's going to go out with, and this is the one they're going to think of. And so he had 248 yards rushing last week against Wofford. And so, hey, 
He's the guy you got to make sure you stay in front. It's a downhill rushing attack. They're going to run with a one running back set. Sometimes they'll have one tight end. Sometimes they'll have two. But he is going to be the lone back in the backfield. Rydell is going to be a quarterback, and he is going to hand it to Sailors. It's downhill rushing attack, and he's the guy when he finds a seam that can hurt you. Or smoke you. Or smoke you. That's right. He can smoke you in one way. He can run over and smoke you. Or if he gets outside of contain, leave you in the smoke. He can leave you in the smoke. That's right. All Jacobs right. Sailors. That's my first one. And I am going to go with a Huzzy. And that's the Hey, def- by the way, before you turn on to Huzzy or one of them, one of the things about this team, remember the NC State game a couple years ago where we were, we were just blown away by the degree to which they were left handed? Yes. This isn't as exaggerated, but two to one carries to the left versus the right for this team. Yeah, they like that left tackle. They like to go left with that left tackle. They like to run left. Throw right. And they like to throw it right. They throw the middle mostly, but when they pick a side, it's two to one right to left. Did I miss? I don't think they've thrown a ball. I don't think they've completed a pass past the line of scrimmage in the last two weeks outside the left numbers. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, they're going to run it left. Throw it right. And throw it right. But so how do those things tie together? It goes back to you trust your left tackle. Yes. So you're going to run behind him, but you don't mind throwing away from blind side and throwing the other way. You can turn your back to that direction. So it all fits together. Yeah. So things you learn. Telling you. Second one, I'm telling you, I'm going. I'm going to go with Elijah Huzzy. He's a cornerback. He's been targeted the most of any defensive back this year. For East Tennessee State, he's been targeted 81 times as a cornerback, and he's given up 40 receptions. He leads the team in interceptions with five. He's given up just one touchdown. He's played 605 snaps at cornerback this year. Where have we had our troubles? It's getting separation at the wideout spot. We've got to get separation. Huzzy has not been a guy who has given up a lot of big plays this year, and so he's a pretty good cover corner, even though he plays for East Tennessee State. And so that's a guy to watch. Number 28, the cornerback, Elijah Huzzy. And those are my two players that can smoke you by two brothers, Smoke Meats. All right, so I'll give you a look at my two players. So my first guy is Max Evans. Max Evans is a sophomore defensive lineman for East Tennessee State. He'll wear number 93 tomorrow. He is from Ohio, and if you look in terms of getting pressure on the quarterback, he's really good. He has 19 quarterback hurries this year playing as an interior defensive lineman. You like that, right? Yeah, I'll take it. But how about this? 19 hurries, zero hits on the quarterback, zero sacks. So Max Evans is Mr. Almost for this team. And so he has played an entire year – Last week, he got pressure on the quarterback four times. Two weeks ago against Wofford, five times. He's getting close, Bart. He, Max Evans, is going to be the threat to break your zero for sacks on the quarterback. Max Evans, the first guy to look out for. Well, he's playing this last game of the season. This is his Rudy story. He's going to go after the quarterback, and he's going to try to get to Will Rogers. He has built up his entire season for this <laughs> – for- for this moment. It's it's all peaking here. Then, and by the way, he has zero snaps outside. All of them have been interior. So, don't move him around a lot. My next guy is the other Huzzy, Will Huzzy. He's a receiver, number nine. Interesting when you start digging into his numbers. First of all, he's the leading receiver. 40 receptions on the season. But he's only catching 50% of the balls thrown his way. 
50.6%. He's been targeted 79 times, has 40 catches. And you say, well, man, that guy just can't catch. But except he only has one drop. So think about that. He has one drop all season. That came all the way back in week three. And then you start to say, well, is, are they just air bailing him? What's happening? Here's what you, what you look at, Bart. Contested throws. A lot of people get hung up at looking at drops. The other thing, though, is are you winning the 50-50 balls? How many times have we seen guys and you, you scream at the TV, we got to make that catch? But a lot of time it's not a drop, but the defensive back is there. A drop's just a drop. But you want the guy who makes that big possession reception. Here's what they, I've decided they do with Huzzy. He's 6'3". He's 200-some-odd pounds. They just throw it up. I just think they say, dude, go get it, because 20 of the 79 balls thrown his way have been contested. And he's caught six of those. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I go back, yeah, exactly. They're just throwing it up to him is all they're doing. Sending him down the field and letting him go. Yeah, 28 of his 40 catches have gone for first downs. That's all I can figure is that they're just saying, hey, man, be the biggest kid on the playground. We're going to put it up there and go get it. So, Will Huzzy, though, number nine, my second player that can smoke you. And that kind of goes into what I was talking about is I think if they score, that's how they're going to try to score is they're just going to try to throw it up and get a 50-50 ball for, for Huzzy to go up and get. All right, so that's a look at our players. That's a look at our numbers. Let's talk uh, just kind of one or more other things. Yeah, okay. First of all, we are in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startwell Farm Bureau Go with the home team, and we're also brought to you by our friends at Country Meat Packers and Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing is a perfect way to start your morning football tailgate tomorrow. Bring it with you. You can cook it out there out there to tailgate, but if you don't want to cook it at the tailgate, they sell those country-pleasing smoked dogs in the stadium, and they are fantastic. You know, they also sell them now at the Humphrey Coliseum. Yes. Which is good. They've had them at baseball, which is really good. Hey, we have basketball tonight, and to be honest with you, that's what's going to be my dinner tonight at the Humphrey Coliseum is a sausage dog. You know, you didn't say about Farm Bureau that they have agents in all 82 counties because that leads me to this. Tennessee has 95 counties. Do they really? So they have more counties than we do. Huh. I always heard the legend. I don't know that this is true, but that the size of a county back in the old days, it generally you kind of wanted to be able to cross it on a horse in a day. Here's one of the things that I looked at with Johnson City and East Tennessee State. East Tennessee State has two wins against a Power 5 program. One came last year against Vanderbilt when they won 23-3 to start the season. But here's the common denominator. In 1987, Billy Taylor had nine tackles, one tackle for loss, and two pass breakups in the first ever win for East Tennessee State over a Power 5 program, and that was against NC State. They won 29-14 to that year. Last year and this year, he is the defensive coordinator for East Tennessee State. So he has been a part of both wins over FBS opponents, and that's the defensive coordinator, Billy Taylor. Now, in between those two Billy Taylor appearances in the history of East Tennessee State, aren't I right that they shut down this program for a while? Yeah, they shut down the program after the 2003 season. And then in 2013, they, the Board of Regents voted to bring it back. They were going to assess $125 to all students per semester to bring back the football program. They brought it back in 2015. They played their home games at Science Hill High School in Johnson City, Tennessee. Kermit Tipton Stadium 
right there in Johnson City. But here's what's interesting about Kermit Tipton Stadium. The field is named after a guy that grew up and played football there. He was the son of a Presbyterian minister that they moved there when they were 12. He's a pretty good football player. Steve Spurrier Field in Johnson City, Tennessee at Science Hill High School. And that's where they played their home games in 2015 and 2016 before their stadium was built before the 2017 season. Okay, I didn't expect Steve Spurrier Sr. to make an appearance today. And Steve Spurrier Jr. will make an appearance tomorrow as our wide receiver coach. Yeah, it all ties together. It all ties together. Circle Small world. Um, I've got one for you. I'd have one for you. It was rumored that Al Capone had connections to Johnson City, and that is because of the bootlegging. Oh, really? A lot of bootlegging taking place in the Appalachians, and so it was rumored that Capone had a well-organized distribution network in the southern United States and that shipped from mountain distilleries, including those in and around Johnson City. Okay, in the late 1980s, this is my last one, late 1980s, they had a student there that was graduating and graduated in marketing, a member of a Lambda Chi Alpha fraternity, and he liked to sing in the local bars. Well, he self-released a demo album that he recorded in Bristol, Virginia. He sold 1,000 copies at the local clubs in Johnson City, and it let him buy a new guitar. So he took that new guitar, went to Nashville, performed at several clubs, and then uh, came back to Johnson City, opened up a honky-tonk bar, a part of the honky-tonk bar, Kenny Chesney. Married Renee Zellweger, right? For like two days, right? Yeah, it wasn't long. Wasn't long. Uh, Fiddlin' Charlie Bowman was also from Johnson City. Really? I fear you have him on Spotify. I've got a couple of things I wanted to share about Johnson City. First, they have a so-called Barney Fife ordinance. Barney Fife, of course, from the Andy Griffith Show. It empowers the city's police to draft into voluntary service, excuse me, involuntary service, as many of the citizens as may be needed to aid police in making arrests and preventing or quelling any riot or unlawful assembly. Citizens arrest. So they can draft you into service, though. Had Barney Fife said you're coming with me, you'd have had to go with Barney. Also, the use of drums by merchants to draw attention to their goods is strictly prohibited. A couple of people from East Tennessee, you mentioned Kenny Chesney. The one that jumped out to me was Stephen Macon Greer. Are you familiar with Mr. Greer? I am not. Actually, Dr. Greer. He is a ufologist. All right. A ufologist. I have no idea. Is a UFO. Okay. Logist. One of those. But not just one of those. He actually has a medical degree from the medical school at East Tennessee State. He was an emergency room physician for nine years. But he claimed that when he was eight years old, he had a close encounter with an unidentified flying object and says that he did later. He went on to found the Center for the Study Extraterrestrial Intelligence in 1990 and a diplomatic and research-based initiative to contact extraterrestrial civilizations. Really? He lasted nine years as an ER doctor, and then he started doing this. So I wonder if he went out on his own or if the other guys wanted him to go out on his own. Well, yeah, could have been. Could, could be. <laughs> hey, look, man, this hospital's kind of slow. Yeah. Head on out. <laughs> We're out of tenfold. Yeah, Bobby Watkins, who is the younger brother of Hall of Fame PGA golfer Lanny Watkins, 
That's a bit of a stretch, right? It is. He did win four times on the senior tour. So that's the kind of people that you'll have here tomorrow. Oh, I know one other. Mike Smith used to coach the Falcons. Yeah. You probably cheered against him being a Saints fan. I did not like the the Falcons when he was coaching. He is from there. Uh, J.C. Sneed, the golfer, I think was on four Ryder Cups. So East Tennessee State. The Bucks, The Buccaneers. And that's what I don't get. So here's the thing. You think of Buccaneers as being, what, a like a seagoing kind of thing, right? Well, we actually had this talk last night, and I hosted Dog Talk with Mike Leach. And he shared with us the difference in Buccaneers, Pirates, and Privateers. Essentially, the Spanish colonies in the Caribbean, and then you had Buchan's Buccaneers is all about a, a meat. It's all about a smoked meat, a buchan that turned into buccaneers. I thought it was like McConaughey or something that in there somewhere. Whatever. So anyway, that's uh that's a story for another day. And so the buccaneers and then the privateers were like guys that the, the government got to say, I want you to be our pirates. They're yeah, like, they were basically like licensed pirates. Right. So yeah, there's they had a letter of mark. Yes. So they're the buccaneers. Yeah, I guess we have what Pittsburgh is the pirates. Yeah, but that's inland. It's black and gold. Yeah, I, I guess, though, the idea being that, you know, you can't be like the seafaring-type mascot in Omaha. No. Right? It seems like you're just a little there, – there ought to be some degree at which you come inland that you have to abandon the shtick. You know, if you were the smugglers, if you were the I never bootleggers. Could fi- never could figure out why the Utah Jazz kept the New Orleans Jazz name. But when I think of Salt Lake City, I don't think of jazz. No. I don't either. Hmm. Well, I guess we'll have to dig into that at some other point. Oh, by the way, East Tennessee State, just 30 minutes away from the Appalachian Trail. And we talked about Springer Mountain just Hmm. last week. Yeah. So there's your connection. All right. So we'll be back on Sunday, and we will have Sunday coffee. I hope and I trust and I pray that we have very little to talk about with respect to to a retrospective type approach. I hope that our approach on Sunday is forward-looking. You're talking about the Thanksgiving meal. I hope the Thanksgiving meal is not the highlight of my Thanksgiving. But we'll be back. We'll talk on Sunday. Thanks for hanging out.